The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. If you are planning to come in here and get all of the answers to your questions right and, and be able to know exactly when you leave this room, everything that you need to do to work with multi-ethnic families You've come to the wrong place. Because I can tell you that So Young and I and our host staff, we are still learning. And we've been doing this for about five years. And I would say in the last really two or three years, Mm -hmm. it has really taken off as far as our multicultural families and really getting them involved in what we're doing. That That is, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, that is um, a really hard concept for them because in every church and I think we all agree on this that in every church um, you have your pew warmers who just want to come and sit and just say oh it's great service and all that and don't want to uh, get plugged in and become your volunteers I would say to some degree I, I think that's even harder for our, our multi-ethnic families um, just because there's a language barrier and they're very much aware of that even if they speak great English um, I'm constantly one of my teachers I'm, I'm just having to tell her you just need to talk really slow uh, and her husband works with me at an after-school program that we do called Good News Club and he loves to do the Bible story and does a great job with it but he has to talk really slow for the kids to be able to understand his accent is so thick. So anyway, we're going to get into all that, but I want to introduce myself first. I'm Jan Langston. I'm the children's director at First Baptist Duluth, and So Young Lee is, she's our preschool director, but I noticed she's just been director of preschool ministry. She also is over our weekday preschool, which is very big. Uh, so she has she has a, a lot of responsibility. So she is actually going to come up first and she and speak and then uh, about our preschoolers and then I will follow with um, the children. Yeah, very nice to meet you all. And um, this is a question that Jen and I, we developed, you know, to think of, um, you know, how we could do and, you know, what we could do and, you know, why we could do. Um, you know, when we reach, you know, all different multicultural children and families for gospel. So how can we adapt to the challenges of multicultural children and their families while developing an inclusive spiritual environment for children to grow in their faith? Yes, we are very blessed and we are very committed to, um, you know, reach all nations and all tribes for the gospel. And But um, we need, you know, God-given wisdom and um, all practices and all the insights from the Lord. So I'd love to share what we are doing. But before we go there, I wanted to show, you know, who we, who are we, who we are, I mean, who we are. And I wanted to um, just, you know, share, you know, how, how our community look like when it comes to multiculture. So again, um, I'm, um, you know, I mean, overseeing two different areas, church and weekday preschool. So you will see, um, you know, but all of them all comes under one umbrella, preschool ministry. But I'll, you know, show some pictures and some statistics and how, you know, how much, you know, we are multicultural. So church preschool, um, let me show you. So these are the home countries of our preschoolers. And you'll, you know, see through and you know, U.S. and China, India, Korea, Latin America, all, you know, countries from that, and Ethiopia, Nigeria, and also home countries of preschool leaders. So we are, we are very diverse in our leadership as well. And that's very, um, you know, help us to effectively, you know, reaching them, you know, language-wise and culture-wise, you know, we, we know certain things and we, we can, you know, welcome them in a very familiar way with them. And then this is our weekday preschool. So uh, many of you, you know, familiar, you know, First Baptist, you know, uh, preschool, half-day preschool, and we welcome all children in all ways. And this is our um, statistics, you know, ethnicity. And, you know, when we say total 100%, and this is, um, you know, how we look like right now. And especially I pulled up the the Asian, that percentage, because um, so this is my Sixth, sixth 
um, statistics that I made, and um, it's changing now. Um, yeah, more and more Asian, you know, population now we see because, you know, it's really growing in Duluth. So, you know, as you see, Chinese and Korean and Japanese Indian. Um, and then also I pulled for the next page, this unknown. So we have, you know, cross-cultural families as well. So they all come and, you know, we enjoy together and learning and know who God is and how much Jesus loves us. And also we have weekday preschool staff in this, you know, multicultural, um, you know, status. We have, um, you know, all different countries, and then, you know, they, they just, you know, come together to serve for the Lord and reach out our young children. And these are our big fish leaders, you know, which is our, um, you know, preschool ministry team, and big fish stands for believers in God and faithfully in serving Him. And we have big worship um, plays. These are what we all work together for the mural to welcome, to make more uh, friendly environment. And these are, yeah, they are so precious. This is the, all the prizes that after they did God's ABC at the time. They were, uh, they were now in second and third grade or first grade. And this is our Wednesday night preschoolers and, and leaders. And these are our all church family involved in the second hour, um, you know, ETC program. And they come and also join us. And do you see the big boat right there? And that's Jesus' big boat on the Sea of Galilee. And that's where our preschool worship and praise take place. Yes. All, all, we all work together. We all build up together. Yeah. And then this is weekday preschool. Let's show you quickly. These are weekday staff. And we have like 20, 22 or 23 staff. And these are their graduation. Yeah. It's a farm breakfast in the fall. And this is our chapel. And we all, you know, praise and worship together. This is uh, really, you know, one of the fun times that they will come and enjoy a big dynamic as a big group and, you know, praise and worship together. And this is Mother's Day tea. In the spring, yeah. yeah. Big community, they really, you know, enjoy being part of our community to come. And this is, I think, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So just, you know, little glimpse of, you know, who we are as a community. And I like to um, uh, share um, under the title, The Glows, um, you know, where, you know, Victoria's story is in God, um, you know, um, you know, what really brought great joy for us and in us. So we are a very multicultural community as a church or weekday preschool. So we really have been celebrating our God-given uniqueness. So, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy the most is, you know, welcoming and greeting at the door every morning, you know, during the week and on Sunday at the door. And I feel like entire nations really walk in and just, you know, get ready to start for the day. And, and just many children come from different uh, family background and culture and even religion, language, and even, you know, physical attributes, you know, are very different, you know, colors, you know, skin and hair. Um, but when we acknowledge that God made all of us, God made all of us, and we can really wow each other, and wow, God made you, God made me. We are so different and even language and feel, but so cool. So, you know, this is how, and preschoolers, you know, more yeah, kind of easier to get together and uh, celebrate, but it's so cool to celebrate, you know, our God-given uniqueness. And, you know, for example, chapel time and you know, when we talk about creation, you know, I honestly don't need to show picture to show old nation. Just look around. Look at your friend. Look at their hair color, eye color. We're all different, but we're all made by God, created by God in His image. And this is so cool. And everybody just wow each other and, you know, begin enjoying and realizing. Yeah. So, and then even mealtime. I mean, Jan, I've heard we are going to have very interesting meal as a lunch. And I, uh, I visit often to their lunchtime to sit with them and, you know, 
eat together. So fancy, and I pinpoint. What do you eat? Even same ingredients, same material. You know, they cook all differently, and it's so colorful and so different. But I really, I'm the chill leader in preschool, you know, area. I just go and wow, you know, it's so different, but so cool. And you know, how God made all these vegetables and everything. But we, you know, uh, bring out. So you know, same thing in different way, but you know we can celebrate that difference and that variety. So uniqueness and difference doesn't have to divide us. You know, whether we can have a glimpse of the real heaven as a you know big group of all different you know background and um, you know culture. And and second, the glow part is. Um, we can bring together the global fa- family of faith. We moved back in Georgia 2014 from Dallas, Texas, and, um, and, and this is what my daughter said when we come to church and, you know, when we saw, you know, Indian family who has a faith in the Lord. And this is what my daughter said. Mom, I've never seen that, um, you know, Indian family, you know, there are very faithful families originally came from India. And, and she, Claire had a bunch of, you know, friends in Florida, but she never seen the Indian family has, a, you know, faith in the Lord. So she realized that, Mom, this is so cool. Even though we are so different in color and culture, we can have same faith in Jesus Christ. And in that commonality, we can be united. Well, you know, to children, um, you know, we... This could be, you know, great perspective change. They should never imagine to see and come across the family, you know, that look different but could have a same. That's just eye-opening moment. That was her eye-opening moment. And um, just, you know, oh, God is really big. Not just, you know, to one nation, confined to one nation. God is really God of all people. That was what she acknowledged at the time. So, um so that's how, you know, we could, you know, brought together as the global family of faith, um, you know, in that commonality, we can really stay together so that we can unite it through faith in Jesus. And what another thing that we really celebrate is planting the seed of faith. Um, well, we plant the seed of faith in children's heart. Um, you know, we we. It's so precious to uh, plant the seed in the children's heart who comes from Christian home. But in weekday, as you've seen all the statistics, many of them are not coming from Christian home. So this is so amazing to see just, just one year, two year, from the beginning of school year, at the end of school year, what our you know, teachers you know, doing is really planting the seed through everything. Uh, classroom, because we, we carry out all you know, the Bible truth all day long. And they are the one that go home and lead mom and dad. Mom, dad, we need to pray because that's what we do. Because they really build a community in a classroom every day with peers and leaders. So that's what they learn and observe. And and we many times we could be a, a first impression of who Jesus is and who God is to them. And it's so powerful and so amazing to, um, you know, see that that child really grow in faith throughout the year. And just, you know, uh, the Bible truth is so, you know, become their part inside. It's so powerful. And um, and I really, you know, want to say, you know, um, to to child, you know, Emily and Haruka, uh, you know, Emily originally, you know, came from China and Haruka originally came from Japan. Um, Japan, and they've never seen the Bible, by the way. They've never seen the Bible, and they've never heard the word Jesus. Um, but, you know, through this weekday ministry, and Emily now comes to church very regularly. It has been almost two years. It's amazing to see that how she's growing, and in God's ABC, the time that little ones, you know, come and stand, in, you know, in front of families and speak out their verse. It was so powerful. She came without knowing just, you know, anything from the Bible, but she was on that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today. And it was so powerful to hear God's words through her mouth in that time. And mom, it's kind of between, and how she, you know, her, you know, especially mom is very, you know, receiving and learning and love to learn and grow, but not, you know, um, 
accepted Jesus as you know her Savior and Lord yet, but we pray um, for her to also continue to grow in faith. But it's so it's just you know enjoyable to you know reaching out people in this way and bring them in and be part of community and you know grow, um, really all grow together. And especially, uh, I really want to you know mentioned that uh, regarding planting the seed of faith, not only through the stories and concepts, I mean, you know, the music, the songs, praise song is so powerful. And they remember things and they, they go home and they, you know, just, you know, teach, you know, younger, but that's what I've heard. He's so young. I just, um, so what is the song about gentleness? So really? So I told them, did Emily really get this song? It, it is about for those, uh, Spirit and you know love, joy, and peace, and you know patience, you know patience, kindness, goodness, and this is a part gentleness and gentleness and self control. So she really got it, you know, without knowing all the details. But we talked about you know to bear the fruit of spirit. What we do, we have to plug into the power source. You know who is that? It's Jesus. We cannot bear the fruit of spirit by ourselves. Have to plug into Jesus. But she really you know gaining and um, just you know knowing and keep it and growing. And share. Kiddos really talk, and they just keep their you know mouth shut. You know, once they heard and once they learn the song, they keep repeating and share with one another. That's so powerful. That's how they uh, really live that out in young age. So you know, preschool ministry is not just you know uh, merely a glorified version of babysitting. It is a real you know means of visible, very visible impact into the kingdom of God um, through seeds you know, planted in children's heart. We cannot see the, you know, maybe, you know, we cannot see the fruit really, you know, right away shortly, but truly, um, you know, Lord will bless all the labor of love that, you know, what we do, especially for this young generation, very important foundational years and, you know, uh, remind them and, you know, bring them, um, you know, in certain time to remind them, I'm God and I'm Jesus to love, you know, love you the most and I want you to uh, be my best friend forever, for eternally. So, um, so I just, you know, shared about the, all the blessings and very glow moments and um, I want to quickly share three things under the title grows. And yes, there are challenges that we face because it's really multicultural family, very different and, you know, something that we come across, you know, very, um, you know, eye-opening, you know, moment. So I want to um, share a little bit about what the challenges that we face, but, you know, what we do to overcome um, that challenges. So first, you know, language and communication. Yes, um, it's so um, helpless moment that one little one come to me and speak so fluently in their mother tongue. And, oh, Haruka, I really want to know what you're saying, but I can't because, you know, they just, you know, speak, I mean, you know, fine. But then, um, you know, that... It's, you know, it, that is the situation that really happening in this early childhood. But we don't discourage them when they do that, and we just you know, you know, still I can feel it what she's trying to say, and we reiterating, and we try to ask questions, you know, to get what you know she needs, and so on. So again, um, language and communication could be a big challenge because you know many times you know we cannot understand, we cannot you know verbally communicate, but um, that's when we use you know a lot of visuals and physical cues not only verbal communication and also we we train our leaders both church and a weekday you know learn simple words in their language I, I need to go to the party and when mom's coming and how we answer and you know where the bathroom is and when is our lunch and and so on so that helps uh, in that very critical moment and then also, you know, we have a lot of bilingual staff uh, who can speak Korean like me and Chinese and, and then also um, Spanish. And that's really, you know, actual real help in that, um, you know, situation, uh, situation that really we need to understand what child is really trying to say. And also technology help. And have you realized that there are great apps 
for the phone. And so, you know, this is how we try to find the right way to communicate with the parents because um, you, uh, there are apps for the translation. I mean, Google is not always good to bring up the right meaning. So many teachers and leaders, I encourage them to communicate. Just find what would work best for the communication-wise. I always encourage them. Please don't be frustrated. I mean, you know, we want to find the way works, and that works. So, um, you know, parents, you know, wants to receive text messages so that they can just click the button and get the right message out of it, and that has been a very convenient tool. So, um, you know, different language could be a very divisive factor in any community, but when we share God's love and God really honor that and God used, you know, that very challenging communication to, to display, you know, his supremacy over these challenges. As Apostle Paul said, you know, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So when we count on him and, you know, um, you know, get that, you know, wisdom and all the power from him and, you know, he help us to really overcome, you know, like it, um, in Old Testament that the, you know, Babel Tower, you know, God, God used language to disperse, you know, divide people at that time. But, you know, thinking of the acts, you know, Holy Spirit, through Holy Spirit, God used language to bring back to him. And, and as you know, communication is just verbal communication is not 100 percent of all you know, part of it, you know, facial expression and tone and body language. So I really see our little ones really feel all, you know, they have all spirit, so they could sense it, and that helps a lot for our teams really preparing their heart first and um, just, you know, help out and just be listening ears and try to communicate. And many times, especially early childhood, you know, this phase of, you know, their life, uh, we could overcome many, many obstacles, you know, because we are very affectionate and we are very, you know, ready to just, you know, nurture it through that way. Another challenge is perception of time and communication style. Uh, you know, to some, some people, on time is late, but some, you know, to some people, on time is early, and you know, late is on time. It's very different, you know, how they, um, you know, perceive the sense of time. Um, and one time, I, I uh, really had to confront, you know, one parent because. Constantly, he was late to pick up their child in weekday. And our administrative staff tried so best and so nice and so kind. But again, it really, you know, didn't come. So, you know, one day, one Wednesday afternoon, I, by myself, I let, you know, my assistant director, you know, Angie go, let me wait and let me just, you know, see whoever comes and, you know, I'll love talk. I literally waited an hour. And so, yeah. And then even dad and mom wasn't, they were in the car, but daddy didn't come. He was, you know, on the phone. And mom came and say sorry and, you know, all the things. But I was, tell, I really had to confront. I mean, you know, with kindness and still, but not really super smile because I want them to really know this is really serious because many people ahead of me, they smiled and it's okay, but, you know, next time, you know, make sure. But I really didn't smile at the time, super smile. And then after talking with mom, you know, how critical this is, and, and even the very sad, um, sad part is that child is not crying because somehow she really got used to. You know, usually preschoolers, if they're the one that the, the last picked up, get out and cry. But she was fine. She kept talking and she wanted me to play with her. And also, so I literally walked out to the door and just, you know, knock, you know, the window of the car. Daddy, can I talk with you? So he just, you know, um, scrolled down the window. And then I, I told him, you know, how, how, you know, how important and how critical this is. And, and we really care for a child, you know, safety and security. And literally, he could be turned in, you know, by doing this. I mean, it's not the first time and, you know, second or third. And but that's when that really became serious, when I really walk out and eye contact and really wanted to set the time and to talk about this. And, and then another thing was, you know, they were not able to be reached, you know, during their drive time. So I, I called 
four or five times to reach, you know, just to follow, well, you know, how far are you? They didn't pick up the phone. So I just, you know, all, you know, talking about things and just made sure, you know, be on time. And, you know, this is so important for your children and for our school and, you know, don't want to see this happen again. And then real change happened. Very thankful throughout the rest of school year. Yes, some change happened. So that is why I'm um, uh, I'm bringing up these um, three points here. Like, you know, we we come across so many challenges, you know, regarding, I mean, just everything. So, you know, different expectation, like parent expectation for our, their children, so different and so complicated. But, you know, as long as, you know, leadership and, you know, teachers or leaders really support each other, talk and be open and not just, you know, whole you know, those challenges and struggles in themselves, just, you know, very, you know, I, you know, set the tone and very open, you know, communication environment so that they can always, you know, talk and just, you know, pray together and talk about, you know, what way, you know, we could really make it better. So, you know, confrontation and, you know, resolution is very important and actually real develop plan. If, you know, that family would not pay, and they're saying, I'm going to pay next time, I'm going to pay next time, but it's not happening, then we have to develop a, you know, written plan. And so, you know, all the things really in detail that we we had to come up to bring some re- resolution. Sometimes, you know, there's, you know, open-ended, but we were not disappointed because, you know, as long as, you know, we're doing best and best to communicate and best to support and serve um, and you know, many times it could really, you know, we, we could see the positive, you know, resolution at the end. So last, you know, team building. Well, um, although team building could be a challenge, but also it could be a um, solution in and of itself. Um, so yes, we are very diverse and very multicultural, but we don't focus on, you know, our difference. We really focus on the Bible truth. And, um, you know, what we really would do is, you know, we can point people, you know, to Jesus and not just, you know, um, keep focusing on all the differences and all the struggles in our life. And that's so powerful when we share the big truth of gospel and, you know, Jesus is the way and truth and the life. And we can do more focus on the word of God rather than diversity. Then we can be truly, you know, united in that way because we are all, you know, pointing them to Jesus. And that's also, you know, where the heart attitudes really importantly take place, you know, we come with humility and, you know, patience because it really takes more time to communicate, take more time to build up as a team. But, um, but you know, as First Peter 5 and, you know, A says, we really come, you know, with humility in the mighty hands of God and all the worries and all the frustration, we all cast because, you know, God really knows everything and God cares for us. And that brings us all together under God and, you know, serve together. And definitely, there is a strong power in the prayer. So I intentionally do, I really intentionally do prayer time together before school starts and before Sunday starts. Every Sunday, you know, 9 a.m., we all get together and pray together. And really, we could stay together through the prayer. And it's so powerful and it's contagious. So we we continue to, um, you know, go forward you know, especially, you know, the team building because the consistent leaders in, you know, in very united spirit could be the most powerful resource to keep on going our multicultural children and preschool ministry. So, thank you. So Yang touched um, more the, the spiritual side of, uh, you know, how you, how you work with the preschool children. And I'd like to just share a few things, um, maybe some of the practical things that we have run into with children. I had a family that came in um, this time last year, and they had only been in the States for a couple of months, not even quite two months. They were Korean. There There were four children. They did not speak a lick of English. And they showed up at my kids' worship, and I'm going, what do I do with these kids? 
Um, it is amazing how quickly children, and I know y'all probably y'all know that, but it is amazing how quickly. Thank you, so young. They adapt and they just pick up the language. These children literally were a month away from starting school, and so um, they. They just picked it up so quickly. Another thing that happened uh, that was very helpful was the fact that they all had devices, some type of a device that if I said a word or they needed to say to me, bathroom, they could put it in their device and it would it would translate. Uh, and, I mean, but it was funny because until they realized they could do that, they would say this word to me over and over, and I'm going, I don't know what you're saying, you know. And... Um, uh, and then they put it in their device, and I'm going, oh, yes, yes. And I'm taking them out the door to show them where to go. Uh, and they were Korean. I also had uh, a Korean youth helper uh, in my kids' worship, which was, I thought, so helpful that I could use him as my translator. So the four kids come into kids' worship several weeks later, and they're coming in with the, uh, a coffee, I each have a coffee, and they have some kind of little snack. So I go to Joseph, and I say, Joseph, would you tell the children that they can lay their snacks on the table behind them, and they can have them after kids' worship? So he goes over to them, and he goes, uh, you can't have food in here, in English. You can't have food in here. You can put it on the table. And I looked at him, and I go, Joseph. I could have done that. You know, I'm needing the Korean, you know. So... Uh, Anyway, there's funny things that happen, you know, but um, it has truly been a learning experience for us. And what I wanted to touch on was just some of the things, the practical things that we have to deal with that maybe I deal with in children that maybe so young would not deal with as a preschooler for it, the, the language barrier. By the time kids are in grade school, they know English usually, unless they have just come into the States. So your children not only are, are usually fluent in English, but they are the translators to their parents. So that means... Um, if, I, if, if someone comes in from Romania, we don't have a lot of people in our church that could translate for me anything that I would put out in a flyer or a newsletter to the parents in Romania. Praise God, we have a Spanish interpreter and plenty of Korean uh, interpreter. So anytime I do a flyer that I need something parents to know, next Sunday in Kids Theater, we're going to be doing such and such. I can type out, make my flyer, and then I send it to uh, Verdi as my Spanish interpreter and sing he, uh, Korean, and I just send it to them, and I say, please translate, and they send it back to me. So every flyer that I do for children is in those three languages, and I'm sure at some point that's going to have to change. Now, once in a while, I uh, will have that parent that I'm, I can tell when I'm talking to them, they don't have a clue what I'm saying. And the child does interpret for them. And uh, But you want to be real careful with that because you don't want to offend the parent. I mean, I can, I can only imagine what it would be like to go to another country and not be able to speak the language. And my child is teaching me, you know, so so there's a fine line there uh, between making sure the parent understands but yet not offending them at the same time. So I would say one of the, the really important things to do with your children is to get to know them. And here's what I mean by that, okay? What I did was I interviewed a couple of children that were from uh, multi-ethnic families and a couple of parents just to get their idea of what is it like at your house uh, when you, for the things that we think are so common in the states would your child would you allow your child to do that here what does it look like at your family so one of the questions I mean at mealtime so one of the things I asked is what is mealtime like at your house this was a real eye-opener because one of the, the dads that I interviewed said that at mealtime in India they may have a big bowl in the middle of the table or in the floor and they are all everybody in the family is eating from the same bowl so 
which is still fine for them to do at home. But once those children went to school and it was time to go, it was lunch break and they were going to the cafeteria, everybody has an individual meal. And so that that was a change for them, you know. So, I mean, even something that simple that we don't even think about. Um, is it is family time an important time for you? And I would say that for most multicultural families, they do a better job of making this a priority than we do here in the States. Because, um, you know, we are so busy, and our kids are so busy. They are going here, there, and everywhere every day. And I, I really do believe, just from the, from observing some of our multicultural families, that uh, <clears throat> they do a better job of making the family time what it needs to be. Do you have sleepovers with friends? I mean, that's just something that especially girls do. You know, but when I talked to a dad about this, he said, no, 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 we we would not do that. And actually, in this day and time, it's probably a good idea that even what we used to do when my kids were growing up, I don't know that I, if I was having kids now, I don't know that I would do that because of what the, the way that we uh, our country has changed. Do you have chores at home? They would say, <clears throat> like one of the parents I told you, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my kids have chores. But here's the difference. Do they get paid for it? No. It's expected because they're part of the family unit. And so they are expected to do their part in getting things done at home. What is discipline like in your home? Now, this was, this was interesting for me. Because the dad I talked to about this, oh, yes, we're very strict. We are very strict. His kids were pretty unruly. <laughs> and, I, and that's just a nice way of saying that. I, I, I'm glad to report that that has changed somewhat now that they've been in the States a little bit longer and they realize you don't get away with that at school and you're not going to get away with it in kids' theater with Miss Jan. Um, but to, but to the father, he felt like that he was a very strict parent. So they view things um, differently. And, and the, the biggest thing, uh, I think, for him, when I asked, I asked him this question for a reason because I knew his kids and I wanted to see what was his take on that, you know. And um, the biggest thing was when we're in worship, they're from India, all the kids go to worship, and it's okay for them to be moving around and talking or doing something with their friends while the service is going on. Well, how many of us do our churches do that? We don't do that. We actually judge the parent by the way the child is behaving, and that's just the way it is. So here's a hard thing for me. I'm thinking, okay, do I need to pull him aside and say, because because other people were saying things like, I can't believe he just lets his kids do, you know, this, this, and this, and go out two or three times to get water, and, the, and when they do, they run out, you know, and they run back in. Do I tell him that? Then I'll think, no. You know, I'm not the one who hired him. I'm the person who hired him needs to be the one to tell him, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it, it was awesome that God intervened. And so, and there has been much improvement in, in their behavior. So that, but that is something that's different. Okay. And then, now this is a question I asked a child. So what does that look like now? Are they doing better in service? Yes. They, feel? Okay. they are doing better. That's a good question. But I will say there have been times when mom has been in the choir and dad maybe um, was not in the service for whatever reason or he was in another part of the worship center. And not only me, but uh, a couple of other moms uh, have gone and sat with them. Yeah, and sat between mom. No one kind of said anything to them. They just kind of like went with what everyone else were. I, I think I think they begin to notice. They begin to notice um, that, hey, the other kids are, you know, other kids aren't doing that. You know, and I think they just picked up on that. Yeah. So there never was a conversation. There was not a conversation, no. 
uh, and, and other than the one that went on in my mind, you know, <laughs> which so many, I mean, how, who does that? Uh, I, 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 I know I felt like I couldn't do that, but if God had opened that door, you know, as a children's director, we have conversations with parents that we really don't want to, but sometimes you have to. Uh, and God never opened that door for me, so I was letting God handle that. Okay, so so um, when I asked this child, uh, are your parents strict, uh, I'm going to tell you who that child was. It was Caitlin Young, I mean Caitlin Lee, so Young's daughter, because here's what you're going to find out. Your Korean families, everything I say about this, it's completely different for Koreans. They are always on time. They are always prepared. Their children are very... Uh, respectful, um, and, and they just are. That's how they're brought up, right? Um, so, um, so of course, her, her answer was yes. Um, and I honestly think that these two little children that, <clears throat> excuse me, that were from India, I, I believe they probably would have said my parents are strict. What are the challenges you have in school? Um, Again, we had a, a little girl that um, from Nigeria that when she when they came to the states, she tested out at kindergarten age. She was she was t- she's tall anyway, so she was a good head taller than all of the other kids in her class. But anyway, so she would have tested out first grade, okay, in uh, Nigeria. But here in the state, she tested out of kindergarten. Um, and so not only was she a lot taller than her friends, she's already new in the states. And, I mean, you know what it's like when your kids start back to school that first, that first day. They're scared. They don't, they're trying to figure out where they fit in. Are there going to be any friends in my classroom? And then to already have two challenges in front of you. So I made the comment to the dad just a couple of weeks ago, and I said, are you leaving your little girl where she is? So she would be, uh, they've been here three years, so she should be going, she's uh, in American school, she's going to second grade. In Nigeria, she would be in third. And he said, oh, yes, he said, we have to. And I said, no, you don't have to. I said, you need to go to the principal or to the counselor and say to them, I would like for my daughter to be tested to see where she now tests, where she now would be placed. And he said, you can do that? And I said, of course you can do that. It's public school. You you can do that. So he had no idea that that was even an option for him. So... Um, they do have challenges, and the thing, it's as much as we can, we need to help them with those challenges. Does that make sense? Do your parents speak English? How are they informed about school, etc.? Um, the the elementary school that most most of the children, or a good many of the children at our church, feed into is a title. Uh, is it title three? Were there? Is it Title One? Okay, but they're largely Hispanic. Okay, um, and most of the parents, or a lot of the parents, I should say, are, are still just speaking English. I mean, still speaking Spanish, not English. So their children, I, from school, they do do a lot of the translation. But here's what our church has done that has really been a great uh, tool for these families is that we have a huge ESL program. Do any of your churches have ESL programs? Okay. Ours started out probably with like 10, 12 people when I first came to the church, which was five and a half years ago. And now they have over 100 on Wednesday nights. So um, they, the and it's free, of course. So the parents are coming on Wednesday night, learning English as a second language, and um, but those parents, I'm still doing those flyers in Korean, Spanish, um, and English. Um, so even though the parents speak Spanish or another language, we have offered that tool to them to to uh, be helpful for them. 
so that their child doesn't have to be the one that's always um, translating for them. That's just the practice, some of the practical things of what the children and the families deal with. Now, at church, um, this was a, another eye-opener for me. I do a fifth-grade retreat at the end of fifth-grade Sunday school year, okay? We would go out to eat uh, to someplace real fine after church on a Sunday. We would, we would go to an arcade and have some fun time. Then we would come back, and we would divide the girls and the boys, and we would talk about what, what is middle school going to look like for you? You know, how do you feel about that? Are you scared about it? Are you anxious about it? Um, do you know that, that your, are your friends going to the same school or have they, is your best friend moved away? All those things that they have to think about going into middle school and a, and a, a big new phase in their life. And so as I, as we came back to the church, and I started asking them some of the questions, you know, how important is it to you to fit in? Is that a big deal to you? And and asking them some questions like that, uh, it was interesting that they all looked at me with this deer in the headlights look because they're thinking, we've already broached that, you know, we've already had to be the odd man out. We've already had to figure out where we belong. Because they were new in the states, but they had, but they'd been here some of them for four years or more, and so I thought, well, that's really, really irrelevant. Everything I'm saying is really irrelevant to these kids, and I thought, well, I'll be thinking this differently for next year, which I did. But what used to work, and and the fifth graders used to lo- looked forward to, was not a big deal anymore. They didn't. They did not relate to that. Um, Wednesday nights, we used to do, we had, our Wednesday nights are called halftime, and I would do these classes where I, I would have like four or five classes, and the kids could pick from which class they wanted to do, and they would take it for five weeks. At the end of five weeks, and they sign up to take another one. They got to choose which one they wanted, and it would be fun things like, uh, one called Live Like a Queen. It was a study of Esther. And the, the girls would make bath salts and they would do their nails one night. But the whole study was on Esther. And another one was um, called Victory. And it was an army type class where the guys had camo hats. They had dog tags. They had scripture on them. They had to do, they had to march before they started their class. They had to do calisthenics and all this kind of stuff. And it was a study of some of the major battles in the Bible. So I I came up with different classes like that, which was great. But then all of a sudden, my Anglo kids are not coming on Wednesday nights for various reasons. Not because it became mainly ESL children, which that's what it is. I probably have four four church members on Wednesday nights. The rest of them are all ESL children. Some of them do not even go to church. Um, the ones that are, some of them that are churched are not really plugged in or they're Catholic. A lot of them are Catholic. So I, again, I had to rethink what I was doing. Um, we said, because do I want to teach a child uh, about some of the major battles in the Bible before they even know the gospel, before they even know uh, who Jesus is and, and that he would be their best friend forever? Uh, so I had to rethink that, um, which has been fine. So we do things completely different uh, as, as far as that's concerned. On, on Sunday mornings when I do kids' theater, and I'm trying to talk about a Bible story that maybe something really huge and exciting happened, and I'm asking the kids, what is something that is huge and that was really exciting in your life? Am I going to say, how many of you have been to Disney World? Because a lot of them haven't. Uh, to them, that is a far-off dream to be able to go to Disney World. So I have to, if I'm given an object lesson or if I'm doing a game, I might have to rethink that um, because of my multi-ethnic children. But the one thing I don't have to rethink is my Bible story because the Bible was written for all people. And so that 
that stays the same, of course. But but those are just little illustrations of things that you would have to redo or, or just think about in, in a different way. Um, I've learned that um, one size doesn't fit all. Uh, just for that, by that illustration that I just gave, but also something that, that So Young touched on is time management. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Um, where you say Sunday school starts at 9.30, some of them think, well, 10 o'clock's good enough. <laughs> and that's when I'll be there at 10 o'clock. I have, uh, it's so funny. I had um, a, a guy who uh, called me and wanted to come and shadow me because his church was about to go multicultural, okay? And so he said, I just want to come and see what Sunday school looks like for you. So I told him, I said, Liam, I'll tell you right now, uh, you're going to see five, six, seven families that come in at 10 after 10, 20 after 10. So uh, he came, and I, and I told him, I said, just give me 10 minutes so that I can get Sunday school going, and then we'll talk. And so as we're out in the hall talking, here comes this one family. It's 10 after, and he looks at me and smiles. And then a few minutes later, here comes a couple other families. You know, he looks at me and smiles and kind of nods his head. And then the next comes through, and he's just dying laughing. He said, oh, my goodness. They really do have their own timepiece, you know. Uh, so that is, that's something that when I, when I call a parent, because I, when I need a sub, parents are the first ones I call because they need to see what's going on in their child's room. So uh, I call a parent and I'll say, um, especially if they're, you know, from another country, I'll say, now it starts at 9.30. Can you be here at 9.30? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, ma'am, I can be here at 9.30. And, and here's what's so funny. This, this particular lady, she subbed for me three times. I want you to know she was there every time at 9.30. And I thought, well, okay, did I did I overdo it? Did I really was I overbearing when I said nine thirty? You know, um, but what what she did was prove to me that she could get there at nine thirty. You know, and that her children could be there at nine thirty. But um, you really do have to be patient. You really do have to be patient. So. Um, the t- so the time management thing is is definitely something that you have to work on. Okay, involving multi ethnic parents, and that is a good way. Yes. Um, with the time, um, so with the kids that come in late, how do you handle that? Like, do you have to go back from the beginning, or you just no, no, you can't. You can't. I mean, because when I say they come in at ten twenty, I am not exaggerating, and it's over at ten thirty. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and even at 10 after, we, most all of my teachers start the lesson at 10. They do any other activities uh, that, you know, doesn't require them knowing what the lesson is about. It's, it's just like an uh, introductory or what we call early arrival um, till 10, and then they start teaching around 10. Just so, because if they don't get anything else, they need the Bible story. So that's why we start that later. Okay. I forgot to share because what we do in preschool, we, we, so that was a real big issue. So I changed all the structure and now we share stories three times. So 10 o'clock, because usually they start at 9.30, but, you know, most of the majority come around 10. So, you know. I, you know, ask leaders, why don't you then have that time at 10? So 10 o'clock, and then also worship time, the big picture worship time, they hear one more time the same story. They're the storyteller and, you know, all the, you know, worship it. And then at the end of the day, we do the recap, the Bible story. So they hear three, so either they hear three times and they're real, you know, mm-hmm. see where and get it, or at least they hear it one time. So, you know, yeah. we want to be, you know, more effective and positive to, you know, reach. So instead of, you know, being frustrated, we, we wanted to find the solution. That it works great. It works so great. Yeah, yeah. and I think so you can do that with preschoolers because yes. repetition yes. is definitely, yes. as we all know, right. is what you want. Yes. You know, yes. not working the same way in children, but I wanted to share. It, it, it has been working great. Yes. Yeah, so in fun. children, we start at 10, and then there's usually a game or some kind of review something. So they come in late, they're at least hearing the review. Um 
So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, if there, if you want to engage your multi-ethnic families, parents, to to be a part of any any event that you're doing, um, don't rely on the the normal ways of communication. They you will hear this over and over from people who have worked in the church with multi-ethnic families that they want a personal invitation. Okay, so it is. It is face-to-face with them. I can put it, I, I, I will usually do what we call constant contact, which y'all are probably familiar with that. I will send that out and tell parents, this is what we're looking for, or this is what's about to happen. Um, and then I do a bi-monthly um, letter that, or, or not letter, more like a newsletter, um, called uh, The Parent Link. And it will have all the information of the stuff that's happening in the, our children's ministry, okay? And that are, there'll be an article there about that. I may put it in the worship guide. It may be in screen announcements, the pre-worship slides before. And, and it's amazing how many say, I didn't know you were doing that. Well, have you been living under a rock? I mean, that's kind of how you feel, you know. But, but, but that's, that's why they want that personal invitation. And that's challenging. That is so challenging because you know, as you're trying to get volunteers for VBS especially, if you had to go to each person and say, I need you, even though you do some of that, um, to know that you have to always do that with them. Um, and, and I would say, again, we're, we've been doing this for five years. Uh, it may be year six could be the year that something in the bulletin's going to, they're going to say, oh, I saw that, you know. So uh, anyway, that, that's just the way it is. Um, the, when I do kids' worship, at the end of it, are y'all familiar with children's ministry deals? It is a great curriculum um, company, childrensministrydeals.com. If a, if a movie comes out for children, they've got a curriculum that's going to go along with it. it. It is wonderful. It is just absolutely wonderful, I think. Um, and you can just get all different things. Our, our kids' worship is called Kids Theater. So outside the door, we have one of those big, like, movie signs that lights up. And it'll, when you go to the theaters, it'll have the big poster of what's coming next. And I'll put coming soon and have, put a big poster there of what it's going to be. The thing I like about Children's Ministry deals, they are constantly coming out with four-week, eight-week, 12-week curriculums. And... Um, um, so it's it's constantly changing. It's constantly fresh. It's constantly relevant to children and what they're seeing advertised on TV. What their friends are going to see. Um, I mean, it's it's. I think it's it's a wonderful curriculum. It has everything you need. It's very very good Bible stories and um, anyway. Um, it also comes each week when you have a lesson, it has a page called Make It Stick that you would hand out to your parents. Okay, and it talks about what the lesson is about, gives you questions to have with your kids on, as you're driving home, when you're at dinner, when you put them to bed at night. And then it has a little thing for parents that says, this is what you need to do. Are you doing what your child heard about in uh, kids' worship this morning? What the Bible says, are you modeling that for your child? Well, it used to be I sent it all out by constant contact. I can't do that anymore. I have to I have to put one in their hand. So I do both. I send it out through the email, then also have them uh, available to, to hand out to the parents. So um, that's just some of the practical things that uh, that I have learned with children's ministry. Does anybody have any questions? Again, we are still learning, trying to figure it out, and it's it's been a great journey. It really has. We have we have grown ourselves so much through this through the whole process of becoming a multicultural church. Um, I would say one thing as a church that you really need to decide where you fit in. Are you going to accommodate? Are you going to assimilate your multi-ethnic families? Um, And I think we do a little bit of both, but I, I feel like if we only, if you only accommodate, we're really not helping them 
walk into what we do in the states, how things are done in the states. If you just say, you know, you just keep doing it that way, then we're, I really feel like we're doing them a disservice. Um, so that's the negative to accommodating. Assimilating, to me, is so important to make them realize this is the way your child should act in church and this is how we do it here without offending them, without making them feel like, oh, that way is wrong. You definitely do not want to do that. But there, there is a kind way to help them assimilate and a loving way to do that and a Christ-like way to do that. So um, that's just something to think about, okay? All right, Kim, well, let's, let's just bow for prayer, okay? God, I thank you for this time together. I thank you, Father, that we all are in one accord, that we want to reach all peoples for Christ, and that, Father, everyone in this room, our desire is to start with children, with that next generation. And so, God, I just pray that uh, So Young and I have been able to share just one or two things that would help each one of them in this room to be able to go back to their churches and to be able to minister to multi-ethnic children and their families. And so, God, I pray that you would bless them, uh, bless their churches, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.